This episode and every episode is brought to you by Progress, the makers of Telerik.net and Kendo UI JavaScript components and controls, helping you easily build modern, high-performant web, mobile, desktop apps, and even chatbots. If you enjoy the show, please check us out at Telerik.com and see what we have to offer. Welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Jerome LeBon. How are you doing, Jerome? Hey, Ed. I'm pretty good. How are you? Excellent. So today uh, we're going to be talking about Uno. Uh, Jerome is the CTO of the open source platform Uno. Uh, So Jerome, why don't you give us a little background about yourself and then uh, we'll talk about exactly what Uno is and how people can learn more about it and get started. Absolutely. So uh, my name uh, is uh, Jerome Lavant. I'm uh, the CTO at uh, the Uno platform, uh, open source project. Um, I've been developing in .NET for a very long time, uh, probably since the beginning of my career, uh, around uh, 2000. And uh, I've been doing lots of things like backend, frontend, uh, mobile, um, and uh, could be you know embedded development and things like that. And you know .NET's been you know, always around some in, in, in some cases and 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 uh, mono has always been uh, has always been somewhere as well. I've been contributing to mono uh, since that time. Uh, I've also been a, a teacher at uh, a, a French a French school uh, for uh, .NET and networking uh, networking courses and things like that. Uh, but still .NET <laughs> in the in, in that uh, that path. Um, and lately, uh, I've been working on Inventive to to create uh, Windows and uh, Xamarin applications, and uh, that's where I came uh, to be uh, working on uh, the Uno platform and creating the Uno platform to to solve uh, some issues that uh, that we've been having, creating applications for our customers. Uh, as you know, since it's been about uh, about six years now, so uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting challenge, and uh, and. Uh, you know, hopefully people will know about it a bit more after this talk. Yeah, it's excellent. You've you kind of started with a good primer there. You have a background in many of the deployment models for applications these days. We've got mobile and desktop and web, and everybody wants to kind of write that in one thing, whether it's a language, platform, or all the above, and deploy it everywhere. And it's just never been that easy. No, it's never been that easy, and and specifically for the web. I mean, the the, the hegemony of, of JavaScript, and uh, you know, having to write in, in, a, in a derivative of, of JavaScript, whether it be TypeScript or or Dart or any other language that uh, that has been developed over the past years to to you know, make sure that JavaScript isn't uh, isn't slowing down people or, or making it difficult to uh, to develop with. And uh, and WebAssembly has been changing quite a few a few things about that. So we'll probably talk about it a bit later. So, what exactly is Uno then? Uh, so, uh, Uno is, is something that uh, that 
that has been developed quite a you know over a long period. Um, uh, about five years ago, we we were developing uh, Windows applications and uh, you know having a lot of developers uh, you know being able to to develop that with the skills to do XAML, to do C sharp and, uh, and 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 Windows development in general. So it was Windows Phone at the time or Windows Mobile, which whichever name. Uh, came to stick um <laughs> and uh, and you know you know the story now the uh you know by now the the fact that microsoft just uh, pulled away from from windows mobile and and uwp and and we said well we have a few things that you know our clients are, are asking us for are asking us for uh, ios applications and xamarin was was there at the time and we tried a few things with uh, making ios applications and android applications using um the uh, the native native api so uh, it's still c sharp but developing Using um, using the the, the the native API, so uh, UI views and uh, and uh, and view groups for for Android, so things like that. So they and, and it was an interesting experience. But the problem is that when you're developing with this, even though there's it's a common language, uh, and and everything that's not UI related can be shared you know, very easily. Uh, the UI is not, and uh, there's quite a few things that you need to rewrite, and uh, the quirks of each platforms and the strengths of each platforms are, are not the same, and that's pretty much means that you have to have someone that needs to know everything. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is, and it it, it became difficult for us to uh, to train people and, and make them fluent between you know developing still on Windows at the time and, and having two other platforms uh, to to target, and. Uh, we said, well, why not try uh, to use XAML and make it, you know, something that that runs like XAML or runs XAML on the, on iOS and Android and uh, using Xamarin. And so we started over and making things like that, you know, replicating some of the APIs like uh, uh, making grids and stack panels and things like that that you can find in WPF and and the UWP. Um, and uh, it started over, and you know, we 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 went in creating all those things, and uh, and it's it's starting to gain traction internally. So we kept it as a as a uh, as a private framework for for our clients for uh, for about four four to five years, um, and uh, you know. As thing, things rolled, we, we saw that, you know, seeing that Microsoft was moving very quickly with uh, implementing new APIs and things like that, we said, well, why not just implement everything uh, and, and or, or at least try implementing everything that comes from the UWP API. So we know as it is right now um, is an open source project that pretty much replicates or tries to replicate the whole UWP API that comes from the, the Windows uh, the Windows platform. So basically, taking all the APIs as is and stopping them where when not implemented, and uh, implementing them where it makes sense. So, for instance, most of the the common controls that you could find on the on the UWP platforms are implemented. Uh, and we also tried doing things like uh, file access or uh, uh, you know sharing or file save or things like that, or map controls uh, for that matter, and trying to implement them and make them available for having the same code. Uh, on all platforms. Yeah, having the same UI across platforms is, is. is really tricky. You know, even if you look at, you know, iOS to Android, they're completely different. And then web to iOS and Android, there's another thing that's completely different than desktop again. So it's it's a mixed bag and it's it's I don't know how you manage to find common ground, yeah, so, but it sounds like that, you're onto that's, something. That's the big question. So if you take a look at the the way the, you know, applications that are being developed, there's a there's a kind of wide spectrum of, of things that that can be done. If I if I'm putting web on the site for now, uh, if you take a look at uh, you know let's say 
we have a, a few frameworks that exist. So let's say you have Xamarin Forms, you get Avalonia, you get Uno, and you get, uh, let's say, Flutter, for instance. Um, all those take different approaches in terms of rendering and accessing the, the hardware. So for instance, you had uh, Avalonia and Flutter. They're, they're basically using Skia uh, or similar to render every pixel. So that means that uh, the UI is uh, completely custom. So it's not using any of the platform idioms uh, to enter text or uh, anything that goes to IME or things like that. So it means that everything has to be implemented. But on the other side, it's quite fast. And it means that uh, they have complete control over the rendering. Uh, that means also that uh, if a platform evolves for, for any reason, let's say for you know iOS evolves and changes the way uh, they use uh, flat controls or, uh, or you know, custom rendered controls, well, you have to follow and you update your application to look like the you know, to look alike and not exactly look you know, be the same uh, UI. Uh, in the middle, you have uh, you have Xamarin Forms, which pretty much uses the, contr the native controls. And uh, uh, when you put a button in your in your page, well, basically you're going to have on iOS the iOS button that's going to show up. You can alter its its uh, its appearance, but it's not going to be exactly uh, you you can't control. The, the exact behavior. So for instance, making a rounded button, it's quite tricky. But if you want to have a UI that looks like the native UI, it's very easy. Um, and on the other end, you have some, well, in, in between actually, uh, it, you ha you're gonna have find the, uh, the Uno platforms. And the Uno platform is actually doing both. <laughs> uh, there's parts of the UI can be, that can be completely drawn uh, in the same way that uh, Flutter is doing, which is rendering pixel or you know, shapes and things like that. Uh, but it can, also, it can also do the, the Xamarin way, which is reuse the native controls. So that means that, for instance, if uh, you want to draw a button, uh, you can style it using styles that come from uh, WPF or you know, the same styling techniques that you can find in WPF and UWP, which is uh, if I want a style that looks native or is native, it's going to be native, but I could change it at runtime and say, well, that button is not a native button. It's going to be a... a uh, a video playing button that has a uh, gradient uh, on top of the video and that's rounded and has an image at the back or whatever. You can do it whenever you want uh, with that kind of things. You can alter it in between. So that that's that's where when you want to have a very custom UI but still have something that that's similar in terms of behavior and uh, and similar in terms of code, we can alter that with the styling technique. That's the that's the answer. The, the styling that comes from UWP and, and WPF. It's the they invented that twenty years ago, and uh, and it's still it's still very valid. So you guys are able to pull off the controls looking native, depending on which platform it's running on, but you're still using UWP behind the scenes to to have the programming model. Yeah, so the, the, the interesting part about uh, Uno and the rendering is that it's actually using the, the native control. So it, it's not a lookalike. Uh, it's the actual controls. And that means that there are limitations uh, in terms of rendering. So for instance, if you want to change the font of the button and if the platform doesn't allow you to, then you'll be, there. You, you, you'll be limited that way. But at the, for, for, from the, the developer's perspective, uh, it's using a UWP button. You know, and uh, and if the style changes underneath, it's not prob it's not a problem. So that means that you can your code can be reused on iOS, macOS, uh, WebAssembly on the web, and uh, and Windows if 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 that's interesting. So all the uh, you know for the developer, it doesn't change anything. So what are the similarities then between Uno and Xamarin? Um, I I know 
just kind of from the conversation we've had so far, it looks like Uno is able to target the web as well, which I don't think there's a Xamarin implementation for that. But other than that, what what are the, some of the differences? So, uh, but, so Xamarin Forms specifically is uh, it sits on top of Xamarin. So the Xamarin is is uh, just a way to access the system, the underlying system. There's there's iOS uh, for you know the iOS, what they call iOS bindings that allows to use the iOS APIs directly. Um, and Xamarin Forms is using those bindings for iOS, Android, and many others uh, to. Uh, to render UI uh, using, uh, you know, I know we have uh, GTK bindings and they have, uh, you know, this has been a web binding. So you were talking about the web. Uh, there, there's no official uh, implementation for the web, but there's uh, Frank Kruger that's made a uh, the OWE uh, framework that uh, that uses WebAssembly to uh, to as a backend to display uh, forms uh, Windows forms content uh, the Xamarin forms content on uh, on the web. Uh, so the sim- in terms of similarities, I mean it's it's XAML, so it's pretty similar, but it's it's the uh, the 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 depth of the APIs that's that's different. Uh, we're starting from a, a, a much larger API set that we have not implemented, but that means that uh, if a developer wants to use something, then the API is there and can implement it if it's not there or ask for it. Uh, and, and we don't have to design a new API to use that, uh, to, to use that feature. It's already there. So that's, that's the, the, the big difference. And it's, it's kind of an advantage in a way because that means that if you have a library that uses UWP already, and uh, you can basically just take, a, you know, create a new project, uh, add Uno as a reference, and then it will just build because it, the same APIs are there with the same namespaces and things like that, which is not the same with uh, Xamarin Forms because the, the API set is completely different. It's new. It's uh, um, the uh, the same. It's uh, uh, let's say proprietary for Xamarin Forms, but in a way, it's uh, very specific to Xamarin Forms. Yeah, the idea behind Xamarin was to target. You know, mobile platforms where you came at it from a different perspective. Yes, I guess. Yes, absolutely, and they and it's it's the base for everything. I mean, for for mobile, it's about using um, you know, Apple Watches, uh, Android Watches, uh, iOS and Android. It's just it's just about using the same language mm-hmm. everywhere, uh, so you don't get lost, and and you can reuse all those libraries that have been developed uh, through through the time, and and, and use NuGet as a source for that. So when we talk about Uno targeting the web, then how is it able to go from uh, UWP to uh, working with the web, and then also it's C sharp code. So how is how is that running outside of a well, JavaScript to, context? To, to explain all that, maybe we should be explaining a little bit about what WebAssembly is. I know you've been working all that with uh, with with Telerik and uh, and all the control with Blazor, but the the uh, the, the interesting part of web as, of, about WebAssembly is that it's been uh, something that has been specked out by uh, by a working group uh, uh, for for the web that that says, well, take something that's binary and you know trying to uh, remove all the, the the problems that JavaScript has in terms of loading of performance about uh, the fact that it gets, it's only JavaScript that runs on, runs for the web and they they basically created a, a, a binary format that any browser can understand uh, any and and many and all the browsers that are, that are available right now as of their latest version uh, implement that uh, that uh, that runtime so basically you can take a module compiled for WebAssembly as a target like 
any other uh, CPU, for instance. It, it can be compared to a CPU in a way. Let's say if you make a, a UWP application or a .NET application for that matter, and you say, I want to target x86 or x64, uh, well, then there's a new target that's called WebAssembly, and you can target WebAssembly as well. Um, you don't want to develop explicitly for WebAssembly because you know, it's kind of an assembly, so it's boring to look at. Um, but it's a it's the point of of, uh, of WebAssembly, and that means that uh, something that's developed for you know that is targeting WebAssembly can run on all those browsers uh, unmodified. And uh, Miguel de Casas has been looking at that and uh, and their, their, their the Mono team, and they they say, well, why not take the Mono runtime and make it work uh, on WebAssembly? And uh, over the past two years, they've been working on that, and, and it's been quite success, successful. And uh, and now C Sharp uh, can be compiled down to uh, down to WebAssembly and and run uh, in any browser uh, that that already exists. So, are are you guys using the Mono runtime for WebAssembly, or are you compiling directly to WebAssembly with Uno? No, it's 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 running uh, on top of the Mono runtime. So, uh, it's the same Mono runtime that that uh, that runs uh, .NET code or C sharp code uh, on Linux, on on macOS, on iOS, on on Xamarin, by the way, which is the same thing. Uh, it's just that. For, to execute C sharp code, you have to have, to some extent, um, a runtime that uh, that allows to load libraries and load uh, uh, and load code and uh, and do some GC and things like that. So it has to come with the the code by itself cannot be just put at, at, as a WebAssembly and run like this. So it has to come with uh, with a runtime, and uh, that runtime is uh, freely available and uh, anyone can 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 do that. But it's kind of uh, you know. Let's say in a raw state. That means that if you if you go to the mono repo and try to do, use it by yourself, well, it's quite uh, it's quite difficult. I mean, uh, the, you have to you have to master your uh, light skills to uh, to do to do some uh, some WebAssembly from there. So that's why we yes. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you guys are using the same mono runtime for WebAssembly that Blazor exactly. uses. Exactly. It's it's exactly the same. The thing the, the only thing is that. Um, the 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 update process to use a later version of it is uh, is is a bit easier in uh, in in Uno uh, mm-hmm. as in Blazor it's kind of a uh, intertwined in it so uh, so to people have to wait for the the the, uh, the, the Blazor team to update it uh, but it's it's exactly the same um, the only thing that that we've made is that uh, the uh, there's uh, something that's called the Uno uh, Bootstrapper Uno Uno WebAssembly Bootstrapper and it's something that uh, is mm-hmm. Basically, you can take any uh, any .NET standard library that just contains one class with a with a static void main, and uh, and a right line in it, and uh, you put that package in, and it will, when building, it will create a uh, a set of files that are uh, that are basically a website uh, that you can navigate to, and uh, when you open the next file, it shows you will just show up uh, the content of the will execute what's in the WebAssembly file directly, and it will show you something in the uh, in the JavaScript console. So that that's where it's a bit different in terms of of of, of uh, trying out with uh, trying out WebAssembly in terms of just having Blazor or Uno for that matter. It's just a very simple package that you can take and have just one line of code that runs uh, uh, in your browser. 
And how does uh, UWP markup then become HTML? Ah, so that, that's a bit farther down the road. So, so <laughs> um, we've done a few things with that, and it's pretty much the same thing as as doing it for iOS and Android. When I'm when I was saying a bit earlier that uh, a button can take the shape of a native button. So, for instance, um, if I'm on iOS and I write a XAML button. Uh, Underneath, Uno is going to take that uh, visual tree and, and transform that button into a UI button on iOS. But if it's on WebAssembly, then it's going to uh, emit some uh, some HTML DOM elements, and uh, it can be a native button, so it's going to be an, an a uh, uh, an input control that can be clicked on, or it can be drawn using divs and borders and colors and backgrounds and things like that, and and using uh, uh, touch events to to actually do the interaction with uh, with the control. So it's basically taking the, the visual tree and rendering it into what the platform supports. So on iOS, it's going to be UIKit. On Android, it's going to be uh, the view groups and views that comes from Android. And on um, on the web is going to be divs and, and whichever native control that uh, that can be used there. Interesting. Yeah, the web is very freeform, so I would imagine that that was no simple task uh, to get that working. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> properly rendering something is easy. Yeah, rendering with uh, you know with perform acceptable performance is another thing. Um, I mean, we're we're basically rendering everything, so that means that there's a lot of elements that that need to be drawn there, and uh, mm -hmm. we needed to do some things like uh, you know optimizing the inter interop code with uh, JavaScript and C sharp, and uh, you know altering a few things, and uh, you know doing memory management by hand, that kind of things. <laughs> so uh, no easy task. Yeah. And uh, if, if you take a look at the at the other platforms that exist, and we, we integrated re very recently the uh, the Skia uh, Skia API, so we took the uh, the Skia Sharp uh, API that uh, Microsoft has been developing to be able to do Skia drawing uh, on. Uh, so it's basically an API that allows to do uh, rectangle shapes, images, uh, dotted lines, uh, rounded corners, and things like that, but at the pixel level. And uh, uh, there's uh, the uh, the Google guys that make that made the uh, what's called the Canvas Kit, which is the same Skia implementation but for the web. So basically, it's just taking their code that they've been having uh, to uh, to make to make Chrome. Chrome is based on on Skia, and uh, make it run inside of a Canvas. So they're using the Canvas uh, the Canvas HTML element. And they're rendering some things on it, um, and we we've been able to to take that uh, that, that that element that they use to to draw uh, Skia primitives and bind it to Skia Sharp and have it used from uh, from the web. So it makes of a lot of interoperability there uh, and make it faster. So it's not always HTML elements that we can draw. We can draw you know pixels as well uh, using HTML uh, standard standard way of doing things. Very interesting. Um, I've heard quite a bit about uh, mono runtime for WebAssembly and ahead of time compilation. Is that something that yeah, so, is supported so the, by uh, the, the Uno most, as well? Uh, let's say problematic part at the time, at this time, and and, and Blazor is the Blazor people have have, have you know, touched on that very very deeply, and and that's one of the big thing that that makes it uh, you. Know, a problematic in terms of deployment. It's a performance, uh, performance and size. Um, and you know, at this time, when you take the the mono runtime, the default mode is using what is called the interpreter. Uh, it's something that 
that takes the uh, the IL instructions that are found in an, in a, in a .NET assembly and executing them uh, those opcodes one by one. So it has the advantage of you know anything can run anywhere because as soon as the interpreter is able to be compiled for a target, then that means that .NET code can run. But the biggest disadvantage is that it's about three times slower than having a native uh, 30 or more actually um, than running uh, some native code. So uh, that means that, uh, and we've been doing some some very large experiments on that. Uh, and uh, taking a, uh, a, a it's a ray tracer experiment that we have uh, uh, for for Uno. That's that's uh, that was us to to benchmark the the performance and uh, activating the uh, the AOT, so the uh, ahead of time compilation that takes the IL and generate WebAssembly. Uh, and there, there's a very large difference in terms of performance, uh, where the code that runs from the the, uh, the interpreter is actually 30 times slower than the one that's compiled to AOT. So you'd say, well, yeah, it's magic, and <laughs> it should always be like this. But there's a catch. <laughs> there's always a catch. Uh, uh, the catch is uh, mm-hmm. the first is that's uh, compilation time. Uh, making a uh, a small compilation for this takes about five minutes or something, you know, let's say some very, very small piece of code is about five minutes to go. Oh, wow. Uh, so that, that's the first problem. And the second problem is the size, the generated size. And uh, if you take uh, that same, uh, that same rate tracer, the outcome of that is about five to six megabytes. And if you're talking about something for the web, well, six megabytes is quite big. Uh, and that's a problem for Blazor because Blazor is is you know something that wants to target uh, applications you know that that may be uh, competing with uh, let's say uh, uh, Angular or Vue or React and and you know they can be pretty small they can be pretty big as well but you know that the base size for something that does nothing uh, or very small to very next to close to nothing uh, shouldn't be that big and for now uh, for a variety of reasons, the output of uh, the WebAssembly uh, mono compiler is is uh, is quite big. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be um, some opportunity for uh, performance tweaking, and I think we're going to see in the Blazor space, and this may hold true to Mono as well, or sorry, Uno as well, um, that we're we're going to need to AOT compile exactly. some things and then leave others alone. Uh, there's there's places where it just doesn't, you don't get this, the performance boost out of it, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, if you say, um, you know, it's 30 times slower or whatever for um, a certain thing to happen. Well, if that thing that's happening is I select a drop-down box and it changes a value on the screen and it took two-tenths of a millisecond, not and if it's 30 deal. times slower, it's not still not going to be noticeable by a human being. <laughs> but if it's a ray tracer, like your example, uh, that is much more important. So there's there's going to be times where we need to either have the the compiler yes. figure out what needs to be so AOT and what doesn't, or the, manually uh, figure it out. Um, the, the Mono guys have been, have been working on this for uh, for the iOS platform. 
because you know on iOS it's the same the same problem that uh, Mono Web the, the WebAssembly part has. It's the reason why AOT is required and not jitting uh, and not you know compiling on, on the flow is that it's not possible to generate code to be executed on the fly. Uh, iOS iOS has that limitation. Mac OS is going to be having that limitation very soon in the next version of Mac OS, and WebAssembly has that limitation as well. Um, and you know the, uh, the 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 mixed mode isn't interesting. It's uh, it's kind of a uh, in between, and there for now, Mono supports the, the mixed mode as part of just one big assembly. So let's say I want that assembly to be AOT, then that one not to be AOT. And the problem with that is that you know, let's say if you want to, uh, if you're talking about the MS Core Lib, for instance, which is which contains a lot of code, well, if you want just parts of that, you're probably not using all the code that's inside, but you may want to have parts of it. And for now, Mono for WebAssembly does not allow to do profiled. Uh, they say profile guided AOT, uh, but that's going to happen. Uh, that that's that's something that I think is possible on iOS now, which is basically you run the application using the interpreter, and there's a profiler that runs in in, in uh, from the behind that looks what methods are used or not, and then you can compile your application a second time using that profile and. Uh, the compiler is going to say, uh, oh, that method was used. Then I'm going to AOT that method, but I'm not going to AOT that other method next to it because it, was, it wasn't used. That's the kind of thing that will make a very fine-grained uh, compilation uh, for, for that. And we'll, it will help a lot in terms of getting, let's say, a very large boost in terms of starting the application. And for that dropdown you were talking about, maybe not that useful to have that 30 times boost uh, and just have the, the space saved yeah, I think there's a third case too where there's things that just cannot be AOT compiled, and I believe that's uh, you know things yes. that heavily use expressions to generate code at runtime. Yes, that as well. You know, using the compiler, uh, Roslyn. Yes, that that is that is one thing. And there's the uh, uh, the expression trees uh, that you can find. So you can create an expression in C sharp and then just uh, compile that to to C sharp, and that cannot run uh, without an interpreter if you don't have a JIT. So that's yeah. a very good case. Uh, so I, th I think that brings us to one of the final cornerstones in all this, and that is debugging. Yes. Uh, de <laughs> how is debugging happening across all of these many platforms, and especially including the web? Yes. So, so for iOS, Android, and uh, Mac OS, and the others, I mean, it's just... Uh, taking the, the the debugger that Mono provides, uh, so it's just Visual Studio, plain and simple, just breaks and uh, you know whatever you want, and uh, it, it mostly works mo most of the time. Uh, there, there's a, th a few things that, and and one of the reasons that we've still been uh, targeting UWP is that the the tooling for Microsoft uh, that uses UWP is using all the tooling that comes from .NET Core and .NET Full and and all of that, and it's it's very efficient. I mean, there's there's uh, everything that goes with C sharp edit and continue, and uh, the fact that you can put breakpoints and trace points and things like that, that may not be available or not as performant or efficient as as uh, when using the the mono runtime. So that that's one of the, the things that that makes uh, uh, using UWP interesting, and uh, that's where there's 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 been a lot of uh, of uh, you know discussions around the UWP support for for Xamarin front recently. Debugging is one area that's interesting. Uh, but for the web, it's it's a lot different. I mean, it's 
it's not a standard runtime. It, it's some kind of it's something that runs on the, in the browsers, and that means that there's a, uh, there's a lot of things that have been uh, that have been uh, worked on by the Mono team to be able to do that. And there's a Rodrigo Compera that worked on that uh, for for quite a while, and uh, basically implemented the uh, uh, that uses the uh, the Chromium debugging protocol, and that that allows to to inject C# -sharp files in the in the Chrome debugger, so it works only for Chrome for now, uh, in Chrome for now, so and Edge now because it's uh, Chrome as well, um, and uh, it basically you can just launch an app and in the browser you're going to have a second window that that can open it can be opened and you're going to see the whole uh, the whole set of files that you can debug and put uh, put breakpoints in it and and dive into if you want to if you want to do that. Uh, not everything's there, like watches and things like that. They're not not there, but uh, you can you can have locals. You can have uh, you know the full stack trace and uh, which is mixed between JavaScript and and C sharps. So that's kind of that's that's kind of nice. Uh, without uh, you know, in the beginning of, of Mono, we used to have to debug using console at write line, and now the debugger's there. It's a lot easier to to work with. Yeah, I think um, it may have been Scott Hanselman that that said this or coined this term but it's the did i get there debugging experience <laughs> absolutely you keep setting just keep setting a console right line to did i get here yes yep did i get here yep did i get here nope so the problem's <laughs> going to be there <laughs> exactly and you know that then there's an interesting part because you know when, when you when you're looking at uh Xamarin and iOS, Xamarin uh, Android and iOS. Uh, you know the debugging tooling is is closed source from for most parts. I mean the debugger itself is inside of Mono, so it's open sourced. But the the tooling that you can use is in Visual Studio, and you cannot alter that. And I've been talking to Microsoft to the Microsoft guys for a while. Uh, you know you you may be uh, aware of SourceLink, which is uh, which gives the ability for the compiler to say, well, the source code that, that I used for that is. Uh, to compile that that code is is located on GitHub or or VSTS or or whatever source provider that you, that you have. And if you want to debug that file, when the debugger opens up your your, your debugging symbols, your PDB files, and said, "Well, I'm at that symbol, and I know that there's the source file for that is on GitHub, so I can go fetch it and and bring it back." And uh, .NET full supports it. .NET, .NET Core supports it. Uh, uh, Xamarin doesn't support it in, as part of Visual Studio, and the Mono debugger for WebAssembly did not support that as well. And I got tired of not being able to debug that, and I just dove into the debugger uh, that that is open source uh, for WebAssembly and and added the support for for SourceLink. So now you can put breakpoints inside of of the Mono source tree. Um, you know, if you want to debug uh, daytime.now, you can. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've seen uh, that you can do these things in Blazor too, but it's like you said, there's there's still some features missing. I think they're coming. Yes, uh, the latest updates I've seen, it's advancing more and more. You can set breakpoints, but you can't inspect values. That type of thing is getting fixed. And once that gets fixed, things will get very interesting. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. You know, when watches and uh, the fact that you can dive into uh, multiple elements and you uh, view the, the 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 object tree, that's the kind of thing that that do work. If you take the latest snapshot of of Mono, that do, that does work uh, now. So uh, it's it's very interesting. So we, we talked about quite a few platforms. Um, I don't know if we got, I know we talked about iOS. Uh, what about Mac and Linux? 
what's the story at on those platforms? Did we get, hit that yet? So, not if, well, as of today, Mac OS is. So that's the interesting part. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, the, the folks at Microsoft has been working, have been working on the Visual Studio for Mac. Uh, and, you know, the, the cross-targeting support was not supported well. So but it was not working well. So that meant that uh, Uno was not uh, being able to be compiled properly. And that's probably uh, is a very similar thing for, for Blazor and, and, uh, and you know, building Blazor from, from Visual Studio for Mac. But... With the 2019 release, there's a lot of things that have changed, and uh, and now we can build and, and execute applications that run on, on macOS very uh, you know properly. So that that's interesting. And the, the original reason we, we we did iOS and Android first is is basically because you know uh, that's was that was the that were the only platforms that were supported by Xamarin at the time. Uh, macOS support was added later on, but you know. Not a lot of people want to do mobile and macOS at the same time, uh, you know, in terms of the clients that we had for Inventive. Uh, but now that that Uno is open source, there's quite a few people that are interested in use, reusing the same as, uh, Visual Idiom and XAML uh, language all over the place, and and we get uh, demands for macOS, Linux. We get uh, demands for uh, other platforms, uh, WatchOS <laughs> for that matter. Um, and uh, so macOS is is probably our next target in terms of adding support for it. Uh, because it's 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 a uh, new it's a, it's a target that's supported by Xamarin, uh, but there's also Linux that may come uh, at some point using GTK uh, or using Skia as a backend. We don't know yet. Uh, that's something that that may happen depending on uh, depending on the demands. So how if we're you know if we're interested in getting started with Uno, and you know, we want to try to build one of these cross-platform applications using the uh, platform, how do we get started? So, so there, there are two things. Uh, but the first one to go is uh, the GitHub of uh, Uno, so GitHub slash Inventive slash Uno. That one is uh, just the base for all the the, uh, the Uno development. But there is also the the WebAssembly part. And if you're not interested in getting something that's big, and if you're uh, if you want to experiment experiment with the latest of, of of Mono just for C sharp, not Blazor, not Uno, not any other or OWE or things like that, you can use the Uno Bootstrap uh, package. And that one is the very simple one. It, it takes a few minutes to to start up. There's nothing to learn anything other than learning C sharp, uh, and you can experiment with uh, with C sharp in your browser there. Uh, aside from that, if you want to do Uno development, you know, it's about it's a bit more you know, a larger task. So you need to understand about uh, UWP development, iOS development, Android, WebAssembly, and things like that. So it, there's a bit more to learn, but you can go to uh, to our repo and there's documentation there on how to uh, to get started using uh, the Visual Studio extension that we have that allows to create a very simple project uh, and to get you started. And uh, what's what's the ecosystem like with Uno? I've noticed that somebody has taken the open source Telerik UI components for UWP and created a a Uno compatible version. What other kind of interesting things are out there? Uh, so that that so that's the interesting part with with uh, with the Uno because the 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 whole UWP API is available. That means that if someone wants to 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 reuse their code and make that make that work with uh, with Uno, that's possible. So for instance, there's going to be the the XAML behavior library that comes from Microsoft. Uh, it's basically a a direct port without 
touching anything uh, of the original source code and make it run on on the, all the, the Uno supported platforms. Uh, there's also Prism that's uh, partially supported. There's uh, the um, uh, the XAML be uh, the uh, Windows Community Toolkits, uh, which is a set of very a very uh, very nice control that comes from Microsoft. Not everything supported there yet because we haven't implemented all the UWP APIs, of course, but there's quite a few of those that work. Um, at some point, we even made uh, Xamarin Forms running on top of Uno, which is <laughs> kind of a twisted way of, of things, saying things, but the point was to 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 see where uh, where our gaps were in terms of implementing the APIs, um, the UWP API. So we took the UWP um, uh, with UWP implementation of uh, Xamarin Forms and made it run on top of Uno. So that's the kind of thing that you can see. So taking the same code and, and compile it over to Uno and, and make it run on those platforms. So it's basically up to the developer to, to choose what to what to do with it. And Telerik controls as well. I mean, it's about taking the, those controls that have been uh, open sourced uh, a while back, a while back by, by you guys. I think it was last year, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and rebuild it on top of Uno and 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 see how it goes. So uh, I think there's uh, the calendar control that already works, uh, and and many of the path controls that do work on iOS and Android. WebAssembly is coming, but uh, it's uh, it's the kind of thing that that do work. So where can we find out more if we want to catch updates? Do you have a blog or does Uno have a blog or all the above? Yeah, but we, I, I do personally have a blog. Uh, the, the name, I'll, I'll give you that for the, for the links, but uh, our personal blog, it's, it's mostly on technical details. There's the, the Uno blog as well. Uh, and Twitter, it's where we, we do post most, most, of, our, uh, most of our updates, uh, like uh, the macOS updates that, that we've, uh, we've achieved uh, today. Um, there's also, uh, if, one, if people want to ask questions, there's a Stack Overflow and there's a Gitter as well. Uh, Gitter, it's a, it's a live chat uh, that uh, Blazor has as well. So that's, the, uh, that's where uh, most of the action goes. Well, thank you very much, Jerome. It was uh, great talking to you about Uno today. I appreciate you giving some of your time to the show. Absolutely. It's, thank you very much. It was excellent having you. Uh, so take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Eat Sleep Code. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a share from iTunes or SoundCloud. And visit us at Telerik.com.